you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, Damashek here. Make sure you check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek football program. CBS Sports, Will Brinson and I are chopping up the NFC West and the NFC South top to bottom telling you who's going to win the thing, who's going to come in last, so on and so forth. Plus, Handsome Hank joins to break down Colin Kaepernick's refusal to stand up for the national anthem. Check it out on iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. The Around the NFL podcast are huge in Japan. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Well, at least one of us is huge in Japan. Famously. Famously. I'm, I'm more average-sized in Japan, I would say, whereas here I'm small. That's true. That's true. Have but you we ever love no- you. Have you ever Nevertheless. noticed that money goes plural on the collective nouns and it's perfect? He does it mm. like the British do it, whereas Americans, we try to turn all they's into it's, and it never works. Hmm. All right. One of my big pet peeves about the way journalists write in America. You, you brought up pet peeves, Wes. I do have to bring up a pet peeve. What's that? Please do. You know, we shot an NFL Now uh, hit uh, yesterday, <laughs> and um, Mark Istook, a colleague of ours, did something that happens occasionally. He was somewhere within the building and on the internal monitors. He took a snapshot with his phone of the four of us together uh, uh, on, in Studio 5, hit, doing our Now hit. And listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. He put it up on Twitter, and it wasn't the most flattering shot for some of us. To say the least. And I was like, all right, well, Mark's having some fun. Uh, you know. But then old Wesseling gets his hands on this photo. <laughs> and you know, Wes looks at the photo, and he's saying, ooh, he's got a nice little uh, gaze going into that camera. He's got his hands clasped in a, a masculine way. His strong forearms are on display. And Wes says to himself, I like this shot. I'm going wide with this. So <laughs> Chris goes onto his Instagram account. Bang. Sends it live. Then Daddy goes over to his Facebook account. Bang. Sends it live. Daddy goes to his settings, makes it his cover photo. 
Well, I did, that's the only way I put it on Facebook. It's not like I just put it up as a standalone picture. I just changed my cover photo. My, my point is that you, you, to me, one of the cardinal sins of social media, mm. you saw a photo where you look good and some other people with you look bad, and you just sent it out to the masses. Well, I know that you have already con- convinced yourself of this narrative that you constructed. Can I have equal time here to offer a rebuttal? Yes, but equal I just seem, want you to know. Equal seems like a lot. You've already a had quite intro. a say in this. I just uh, want to say operation. it was a little, to me, a little bit of a. <laughs> wow. I reject your La Ravio Magnifico. First of all, out of all the feedback I got back, most the most positive feedback was about the old Zeuser and the Cheshire Cat smile he had as no. he was sitting in a, <laughs> I was, a throne by himself while the, we got jammed into a the, the love seat that I was on was fine, but I was leaning back with like seven chins. It was not a, it was not a great looked, shot. I thought you looked fantastic. And the reason I did it was because I was told that was our last time on the couch. I thought I would memorialize it. And, mm-hmm. frankly, the background looks beautiful. The old green screen magic with – Football Town USA back there. It's a good shot. Maybe I'm maybe I'm alone on this, Mark. Well, no, I mean I will. I looked at it and I don't. I forgot what my comment was. Just a dangerously clumsy group <laughs> shot, where I, you know, Greg looks absurd and Greg photographs well. So Greg that's, looks strung out. Dan, Dan, Dan has like I, Dan's the lighting on Dan's face. I look like George different. Hamilton. You have like a spray on a tank. bender. Yeah, and I just look like it, like uh, the person after the bender. Just a big lost idiot. So you know, Chris, you looked great. I in no I way did I, I think any, you looked great. And in no way did I think any of this <laughs> when I posted it. I had no idea that I was it's about me. I, right. I didn't. I didn't have any idea that I was trying to thrust some good. I think I looked the same as I always looked, bald and wearing a free shirt. Like I said on the, and, I look the same way every day except the, today. And the confidence is coming through because Wes saunters into work today. Filled with uh, confidence after all the positive uh, feedback <laughs> in a, a button-down Oxford, tight jeans, and matching brown belt and a hundred-dollar dress about tight shoes. Jeans. I will say that photo. It, I have a new philosophy where I my goal, my goal this season is just to gain about seventy-five or eighty pounds in the neck area, in the face area, and just in the belly. And it was that photo, I, I looked at myself in that photo and said, any, any attempts to improve yourself at this point, it is over. Just go right downhill, total excess, what? it's done. The butterfly effect on display here. Would you like me to delete the photo? No, 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 it's too late now. Way too late. And can I just say, before, and we're going to move on now, because Greg's uncomfortable, he's like, we haven't talked about football in three minutes. <laughs> I just want to say. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. That, Wes, you did look very good in the photo. You did. You, pre- you gave me some of your delicious homemade ziti the other day. How'd you like that? I loved it. You know I love you. And, you know, you're in the circle. It's not easy to get in the old Zeuser circle. <laughs> oh, I know. But I have to do this. I have to do this. It's time. I must declare vengeance! <laughs> On you, Chris. For what? What you've done. What did I, I do? will, in the, in the somewhat near future, post a photo in which I believe I look handsome and you're potentially blinking or unflattering shot. Okay, but uh, like I said, I thought you looked good in the picture and most of the feedback was about you and how good you were how you were smiling and right. you were on this lap of luxury while uh, we're jammed into a love seat. Once I declare vengeance, I already regret it, but once I declare vengeance, I can't go back. <laughs> By the way, I know about your circle. It's the most exclusive circle in LA. <laughs> <laughs> like friends of like three people. Um, all right. Today's show. Uh, 
I'm, I'm just glad we got that off our chest, though. I did, it just felt like it was hanging over the room. And I had no our idea. chest. Yeah. I had no idea. It was I got this. nothing to do with this. <laughs> Today's show, we're going to do some news, some terrible news out of Minnesota uh, that we will break down. What's next for the Minnesota Vikings uh, after a practice walkthrough goes horribly wrong? Uh, we will also uh, finish our uh, review of the AFC. Around the majority of the AFC in 42 <laughs> minutes. What a challenge. Three divisions to talk about. We're going to do it all in 42 minutes. Greg, I know you're excited. Well, what what a well-named segment. Well, it's, That's all it's I very accurate. I know. I see this as Dan's. This is sort of your masterpiece. You've been thinking about this episode <laughs> and how to craft it for uh, days, weeks, hours. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's right. But before we do that, let's check in behind the glass. Her second show back uh, with the team. She is a Mount Rushmore member, and uh, she came back and hit the ground running. Let's put it that way. La Seed, what's up? Not much, guys. How's it going? Good, good, good. How are you? I am good. Good. Like starting strong today. Yeah, well, everything's going well. Good job with the drops there. How about we do some news? Sure thing. There's no way this even logically makes sense. William Hayes, we're not going to talk about Hard Knocks today because we're trying to keep it to a tight, you know, 97. (laughs) But I want to say that William Hayes, it's gone from an entertaining subplot that he doesn't believe in dinosaurs to a grading subplot on Hard Knocks. A little too much. You know, embrace education, brah. I don't know. It may be my favorite thing ever, and I hope it doesn't ever die. Okay, I get it. It's two Uh, sides. Are we glorifying ignorance again? Why are you glorifying ignorance? No, it's like deep in my heart, I kind of want him to be right. Like if I had to choose <laughs> whether mermaids or dinosaurs were real, I'm going mermaids every time. You don't like dinosaurs taking away from the Disney. Typical, yeah, typical Disney attitude there. <laughs> um, let's start, yes, with the news out of Minnesota where the Vikings were crushed when Teddy Bridgewater in a non-contact incident collapsed to the turf um, a couple days before the final preseason game and was di- rushed to a trauma center. They rolled in the ambulance, players distraught watching on. The diagnosis is a fully torn ACL, a dislocated knee, and other uh, injuries. They expect him to make a, a recovery, but it's going to take a long time. His season is obviously gone. And Wes, let's start right there uh, for a team that there was a lot of excitement around does this essentially wipe out any cause for hope that the Vikings can get back to the Super Bowl, losing Teddy Bridgewater? Well, to hear Mike Zimmer tell it, no, it doesn't wipe it out at all. And he said, you'd be wrong to count us out. I thought it was going to take a lot of things breaking right for them to get to the Super Bowl, even if Teddy Bridgewater had a breakout year. But Sean Hill, now that Peyton Manning is retired, may have the weakest arm of any NFL quarterback. He does some things well. He'll manage the game well. He's experienced, but I think it it offers another limitation to this offense that wasn't there. Well, but he's 36 years old, and he had one of the weakest arms two years ago when we last saw him. Who knows if he's as good as he was two years ago. That happens to quarterbacks. He also was the starter for the Rams in week one after Sam Bradford tore his ACL, and he got injured in the middle of week one, and we didn't see him for half the season. So they need to get another quarterback. I mean, they can't count on Sean Hill at 36 years old behind a questionable offensive line to, to last the season. No, I mean, it. you know, we deal with injuries all the time, starting in July, every day something's happening. This felt completely different to me in our newsroom yesterday that as the reports were coming out, how gruesome the injury was, the effect it had on teammates where – 
some of his teammates were throwing up on the field after what they watched. It just felt completely different. Mike Zimmer did, a, I thought, an excellent job handling it. And Mike Zimmer has been through a lot as the Vikings coach. You think about the Adrian Peterson thing that he had handled right out of the gate. And then in a season where they were talking all offseason about the jump that Teddy Bridgewater was making as a player, I'm not sure that was going to be – he threw 14 touchdowns last year. You can figure that out with another quarterback, but it had a lot more to do with his development, how excited they were about him. It is a huge step back for a team – that I do think had a Super Bowl shot. You're right, a lot would have had to happen for that to be the case. Was your Super Bowl pick, and it, and I think it hurt so much, not just because he's their starting quarterback, because he's a starting quarterback on the verge of maybe a breakout season. Look, his last three passes of the preseason were all vertical shots right on target that were complete, and that was what he was weak about last year. Mike Zimmer talked about how much more aggressive Teddy Bridgewater has been this offseason, so that hurts. But this is also a team that's carefully built back up this roster, navigated the whole Adrian Peterson mess, and got to a point where they're moving into a beautiful new stadium just at the point that they're cresting as a potential cool, fun playoff team with a good young quarterback and a coach. I mean, that is, that's about as hard a thing to do in the NFL as there is, is build a stadium and move in with that sort of momentum. And for this to happen to a fan base that's had so much heartbreak, it's got to just feel like more of the same. Think about the double shot for the Vikings fans who have for years and decades dealt with uh, misfortune. They have the Blair Walsh kick on the chip shot to beat the C the Seahawks in the playoffs in, in their building. And then eight months later, lose their quarterback in a season where legitimate Super Bowl buzz was building around the team. Um, they're moving up in the pain rankings. They they got to be top three after this this one two punch. I don't even know. I mean, it's one of those it's one of those type of injuries. And I went through the same thing as a Jet fan when Vinny Testaverde went down in Week One of '99. Where it's not just that uh, the guy is gone; it's how sudden it happens, and it just it changes everything about how you viewed the team for months and months. It it just sucks. Even if Mike Zimmer can rally the troops and get them to believe in this season for the fan base has to be absolutely crushing for their future outlook because mm. knee injuries don't get any worse than this in the NFL. Dislocated knee, the, the ACL is ruptured. Other ligaments are damaged. This is this is a career-altering injury for Teddy Bridgewell. You never, you don't know if he'll ever return to a starting caliber NFL quarterback again. And part of that pain was how much they love him as a person. I mean, right. Zim Zimmer said that, how he's an obviously really likable guy that the team – gets behind they have they have one of the best defensive lines really one of the best front sevens in all of football a nice secondary a great running back uh they could be a 10 and 6 team i think if things break right but i think their ceiling now is another team that loses in the in the playoffs versus a team that has a chance to go further you have four games against the lions and bears i don't think 10 wins because the team is a complete team they've built in a way to win in other ways outside the quarterback but you're right. The shine is just off. There was a lot of optimism, and Vikings fans have not felt much of that in ages, years, and decades. And I feel for that fan base. They are definitely rising the pain. Well, rank. since that Favre season, the good Favre season, that's been not easy, uh, with the exception of that one special Peterson year. But even that team was a flawed team, and now this is a flawed team. I mean, they've so spent stop. 30 years looking for a franchise quarterback. Yeah. They thought they had one with Dante Culpepper. His uh, injury, catastrophic injury, really changed that. Brett Favre was a, was a brief dalliance, and now they thought they had one with Bridgewater. Uh, let's move on. The NFL cleared Packers linebackers Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers, as well as Steelers linebacker James Harrison, of taking or obtaining any 
performance-enhancing substances uh, following the league investigation into accusations made about the players in an Al Jazeera America documentary last year. Uh, The league released a statement on it clearing the players. That trio, along with uh, Peyton Manning and free agent linebacker Mike Neal, were all accused uh, in the report. Uh, Neal has not been cleared. Everyone else, including Peyton Manning, has. So here's one PED story that hopefully goes away. It was an interesting three-act play. (laughs) I mean, people think that the NFL isn't eternally vigilant on uh, performance-enhancing drugs, so they, even though basically Al Jazeera had to recant their story, the NFL still insisted on basically putting on a show. Mm. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we don't have to talk or, you know, read this story anymore, and it always seemed like a extremely iffy case. This weighed heavily, especially on you, Greg. Why is that? I don't know. Well, because of your own PED accusations. <laughs> that well, I'm a, you know, bubbling pe- under the surface. People have noticed. I mean, people who saw the Facebook picture, for instance, have noticed my guns are... Greg's getting bigger. Why? At, in a very quick amount they're of time, Greg's physique has... It's become uh, impressive. They're blazing right Suspicious. Now. Working out with Patra? <laughs> Right. We're in the uh, you know mirage di- mirage workout plan. Uh, <laughs> let's, all, let's all pretend. Put that on your board, Patra. The Mark board, and I board's running out of space. Mark and I would be on HGH if we could afford it. We have. I've heard you guys have time. honest discussions. Not about anymore, it. though. No, no. Oh, yeah. well. a whole new plan now, and it's to go in a completely opposite direction and sabotage my health. Very interesting. Let's do some odds and ends. Odds and ends, odds and ends. Everybody likes some odds and ends. Now, now notice how I waited a couple beats, then went into the vocal. What's you are, yeah. Yeah, you know, beat. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was a melody you didn't have. <laughs> I don't have you know beats either. <laughs> You're evolving into a uh, real showman there, Dan. All right, whose turn is it to sing at the end of the segment? Well, you just did it. At the end of the segment. Oh, at the end. Greg. Greg's turn. I mean, you're talking about the former frontman for Delaware. Let's. That's see true. It's time to come out of retirement. There's golden pipes. Let's start some odds and ends. We'll start with Darius Green, a tight end. We are very excited about joining the Steelers. The team announced Tuesday that they have placed him on the pup list to start the season. He has not participated in workouts after signing a four-year, $20 million deal. Wes, what's been going on with Darius Green anyway? He underwent, I believe, ankle surgery in the offseason. And then Aditi Kinkabalo reported that he has been dealing with headaches going back to last year. And that's the real reason the Steelers apparently continue to insist it's an ankle issue. Hmm. Nobody knows what the real story is, I don't think. Interesting. Paul Kruger, cut by the Cleveland Browns a couple years after signing a huge free agent deal, has signed with the New Orleans Saints. In a tweet, he said, couldn't have found a better home. Hashtag who dat. What do you think, Mark? Two and a half sacks last year, I think he's. The Saints need pass rushing help. He will help them, according to this podcast. He'll have 17 or 18 sacks <laughs> by December. Great fit for New Orleans. I, I saw something like the Saints finally get the guy they wanted three years ago because that's a great free agency strategy. I, I'm get good the guy, for him. Good get for the him. guy after he busts out of the last place. The Chargers have released veteran wide receiver James Jones just four weeks after signing the 32-year-old wide out. Is this the end of the road for the former touchdown catch leader in the NFL? It, it is. For one season. I'll miss him. 
I miss James. Greg is nervous about this outro song act. That yeah, you can tell. There's true. a little buzz in the air. Wait, don't we usually have the music in the background? No, 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 no. Or no? No. Seahawks cut defensive uh, back Brandon Browner. They thought they'd bring him back and uh, try to recapture some old Legion of Boom glory. Didn't happen, did it, Wes? I think when when it doesn't happen in Seattle where the fan base welcomes you back with open arms, everybody has high expectations, you get your chance, they even allow you to see time at safety because you don't move well enough to play cornerback anymore. I think when it doesn't happen in that scenario, it's not going to happen again. Sticking with Wes, Bruce Ellington won't get the chance to fulfill the fantasy football community's overly optimistic projections in Kip <laughs> Kelly's offense this season. Nice Wes. lead, Wes. Ellington now on IR. Is that really a big loss? No. I'm, this one baffled me from the beginning, and I stepped in a little hot water because I didn't know this was one of Matt Harmon's darlings. And this is my issue with the fantasy football community. Matt Harmon is great. He's really good at wide receivers. But then once Matt Harmon gives his stamp of approval, like everybody jumps on board and like, yeah, Bruce Ellington, great idea. That's awesome. We must be missing out on it, but Harmon's got it. Breaking Bruce news. Bruce Ellington always injured and doesn't make plays. I never got that. We one. have a breaking news drop. Matt Harmon, fallible. <laughs> Moving on. The Chargers have given up on Zach Mettenberger. Not going to work out for Zach. Is he running out of time, Mark? I think he is, but he has one more shot because the Steelers have claimed him, and he and Landry Jones Whoa. in an epic battle to take the throne if Ben Roethlisberger goes down as the culprit for a disaster you season. Know, you know who's not, infa in, not infallible? Kevin Colbert. Their GM, always electric with his backup quarterback picks. <laughs> Nailed it again. Nailed it. Greg Burger, Landry Jones in a fight to see who's the 62nd best quarterback in the <laughs> oh, NFL. Greg, you, only Greg. two items left before your big premiere. I'm excited. Tavon Austin signed a four-year, $42 million extension last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. That seems like crazy money. Greg. I want to see the details on this, but it seems like they're paying for something they hope happens, not for something that's happened over the last four years, which is probably He's never had 500 receiving yards in a season. I vote to cease and desist all analysis of contracts in the NFL. I saw all the outrage over this signing as if they were the, as if fans and analysts were the ones paying money to Tavon. Yeah, right. and we got to see the your details. Money. We don't even know it. It's not your money, and these contracts, it's all funny money and loose details to the point where any analysis of football contracts anymore is impossible. Well, but Rams fans in general, I think they want to see less contract extensions and some wins. Finally, Mike Carey, as we know, not coming back to CBS to be their rules are CBS Sports chairman Sean McManus says they have not filled the role and do not plan to unless they find the right person. Greg, aren't you going to miss Mike Carey messing up a little bit? I will. I'm sad. They're going to fill that. Game pass. They're just keeping it wide open for when Dean Blandino steps away from the NFL or what? You don't – you do not fill that chair unless you find someone as good as Mike Pereira because it's a disaster otherwise. I hope they threw this to Mike Carey for analysis on his own dismissal and he was totally thrown for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> what if he came out and tweeted, I'm glad to be back for another season? You got that oh, oh, All right, now remember. That's just mean. Greg, before we end – That's just mean. He's a very happy man. He's got grandkids. Um, before we go into this odds and ends outro, yeah. remember to take a couple beats. Okay. Because you want to sync up the end of your song with the end of the piano. Well, what is the end of the song? There is no end. Oh, come on. Don't, don't be playful here. This don't, is be playful. <laughs> don't be playful. Here we go. Odds and ends. Odds and ends. I'm nailing odds and ends better than Wested. Whoa! Oh, that was nice. <laughs> nice. Doesn't take much. A little bit. Wow, of that old Delaware frontman flair came out. 
You're like a young Freddie Mercury. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's happening uh, in the news. Um, All right. Mark, by the way, this new diet, you're a man of curious extremes. Yeah, because this is this that's diet's going to be on your tombstone and I be- man of curious extremes <laughs> and I love you. I believed in you and the, with a P90X. It, I, guess, I guess didn't work out. Um, I don't want to believe in you <laughs> on this, but this seems like it'll be easier because what oh, will your diet so wonderful consist of? Uh, like largely like Cool Ranch Doritos. I was thinking of like I don't Are even donuts? really I don't even eat <laughs> chocolate or candy. So lots of uh, rich like chocolate ice creams, uh, like white bread. And really anything that I can find in our newsroom that's sort of in a snack bin, just that's be eating that all day long. Okay. I don't think white bread's going to get you the 65 extra pounds that you Well, if you eat a lot white of White bread is awful for your body. <laughs> so I, what I'm trying to do no is slow value. down the entire digestive system and just start stocking fats and excess weight over my entire body. Have but, you really thought this out? <laughs> I've done a lot of can thinking I just, about it. Can I just say something to you, Mark? Um, because you're also in the circle. Well, it's not easy to get in the circle. If you do, I'm still working my way in. <laughs> almost. If you um, pull this off, and we it ends up where you end up on a bed and you're 700 pounds, and if you pull pe- it off, people have to come visit you because you can't go to visit, and then you eventually die. I would pull a Gilbert Grape situation, and I'd burn down the house so they wouldn't have to have the crane come to take your body out. I, I appreciate that. that. My end game is not that type of weight gain. I just want to oh. look absolutely okay. dumpy and Slobbing way off me. target. Yeah, yeah, I want to be a big, oh. hot mess okay. in our office. Remember Dan Dan famously believed in you with the P90X, and you accused you know the rest of us of not believing in you. Yeah. I just want to be out there. I believe in you in terms of I this like that. Quest. I think this I is easier for people it. to see as a trajectory for, for me. And no, I, I'm going to get think, more buy-in. I think both are balderdash. I didn't believe in either of them. <laughs> uh, okay, but no matter what happens, because maybe it gets away gets away from you, I'm not letting you <laughs> a crane take you out of there. But <laughs> Thank you. I'm lighting you that sucker up. You are a true up. friend. Thank you. Burn that sucker to the ground. Give your dignity. You don't have your You're going to burn my family's house to the ground. That's that's the, the, <laughs> it's a rental. the move here. Okay. It's a rental. Thank you. All right. It's time now. <clears throat> and this is very strict. I will be clocking this. Sydney will be watching it very closely. Around the majority of the AFC in 42 minutes, we're going to go through the north, south, and west in exactly 42 minutes. And I, I'm serious about this. If we run out of time, we will not finish the preview. That's it. There will be teams probably in the AFC West that will get banged here. You don't want you don't want that. Don't cross Dan Hansen. Unless you want to start which one unless you want to start with or put the worst division last. Because that one could be banged. Or am I overthinking it? Well, I don't even know which division. As long as we been. move along at the three minute intervals, there's no chance so of I'm that saying, happening. I'm just warning you guys. You that hit there three won't minutes. If we're in the middle of the sentence, here. you move on. All right. You, oh, you want to need a horn. Okay, do we have a horn, Sydney? That's what Sydney. We're putting Sydney on the spot. Right. Sydney, you have three minutes to find a horn. You have your own test right now. Going. All right, we're about to start, and we're going to begin with the AFC North and the Baltimore Ravens. Mark. Uh, the Ravens have never suffered double-digit losses two years in a row during the Joe Flacco, John Harbaugh reign. Will this be the first time that happens this season? I think if you would have asked me in May or June, I would have said yes, that they could spiral out of control. But I sort of like the way they're coming along from uh, the rookies on the offensive line look good. Ronnie Stanley has been stellar in preseason. And I think their defense is coming along a little bit better than I thought. And and Brashad Perriman looks like he's going to play. 
their injuries are looking a lot better than they did in well in May or June. They're on the field practicing, but we don't know if Terrell Suggs is Terrell Suggs or if Steve Smith, Steve Smith, what Brashad Perriman's going to be. So to me, it's been positive, but you don't really know. This is the team. I'm curious to watch them. I, I wouldn't say they're the most fascinating team in the league, but they're the team where I don't know what I'm going to see out of them in September. I feel we were talking about it this morning with uh, me and Mark. Like they could be 11 wins or five wins, and it wouldn't really shock me either way. Can they're, I? They're well coached, and a lot of their losses last year were very close. Yes. Yep. Can I put what Wes just said? I believe in their coach. I think that it's a, a underrated coach, John Harbaugh, and you have Joe Flacco back, who's. To me, not the greatest quarterback, but a guy that's going to keep the, the ship afloat. He's never proved that he's the type of guy that would truly let a team go downhill. Coming off a torn ACL. Coming off a torn ACL. We'll see how he comes back from that. But I think this team will be a little bit better than people think. Maybe not back to the old Ravens, but I think this could be a team that's in playoff contention. Two years removed from an AFC championship appearance against the Patriots. With a two-touchdown lead in the second half. But my problem is, where is their pass rush? I mean, you have Terrell Suggs and Elvis. Elvis Dumerville are really getting up there in years, and then that puts their secondary in a tough spot, and that is an ugly secondary. They, they've had some bad secondaries occasionally. It is a bad-looking secondary on paper with a lot of injuries at cornerback. Matt Judon, fifth-round defensive end, has been their best defensive player in camp. I believe he led all of college football in sacks last year and looks really good as a pass rusher. They're going to need some of their young and, and just random secondary players, too, to step up because on paper, it's, it's one of the worst defensive backfields in, in the AFC. We have 45 seconds, guys. Wow, that's a lot of have some fun. time. Have some fun. Terrence West, there you go. Well, who do we think, this backfield. Who do we think leads them in carries, Terrence West? I do. Yes. I think they'll be fine on the back. But it's unbelievable how, bad luck, how much bad luck they have at tight end, though. They've lost three tight ends last year. They lost a couple more this year already. We're going to move on to the Steelers. Uh, no, not an, uh, no, that's the wrong buzzer. That's a good Start, buzzer. get us going. How are the Steelers considered the consensus favorites in this division? And they're a team with so many question marks. Sammy Coates was supposed to be the guy to replace Martavis Bryant. They, that hasn't happened. Artie Burns was supposed to step in and fix their cornerback problem. That's not happening. Their second-round safety, I believe his name is Sean Davis, I think he's their nickel corner now. Yeah. I don't know about this secondary being fixed. Why are they automatically considered the favorites? I think because we just talked about coaching and consistency in Baltimore. The Steelers have overcome in multiple seasons so many issues and distractions and injuries and still wound up being right on the doorstep of the playoffs, if not in the playoffs, with one of the best quarterbacks right. of our lifetime. I, I, don't, I think they have the ability to overcome some of this. I, I also am biased in terms of looking at the Steelers and saying, I assume they're just going to be 12-4. and four. And you're right, they have issues. But Mike Tomlin has guided them through those issues before. But, but their defense, I think, was getting better, played pretty well towards – the end of last season. What about the Broncos? And I think in terms of fixing their secondary, I think the fix is really in their front seven, that Jarvis Jones is better. Showed a little bit in the last preseason game. They think he's going to be better. That Ryan Shazier gets even better. That uh, Stefan uh, Tua and Cameron Hayward Didn't are at... say the same thing about their front seven last year? Yeah, and it didn't quite happen, but the defensive line is very is very good. I think that's a good front seven in terms of they changed their scheme last year, and it seemed like it caught on by the end of the year. They're they're one of the teams in the league, and of course, of, amongst the AFC contenders, 
that are dead in the water if their quarterback gets hurt. And he ha- Ben hasn't actually missed a lot of time, but he seems to get hurt every year, and he's getting older. So I worry about that. What if he goes down again? We saw what a mess they were last year. And the, all the numbers that back up that that offense isn't as explosive without Martavis Bryant, who's not there all year. That, to me, I'm looking into. Are they going to really be a team that's scoring 30 points a game well, without him all season? One thing, I mean, I think had Bryant been in there and Le'Veon Bell without the suspension, we'd be looking at the Steelers potentially as a record-breaking type offense. Right. So they still have the best triplet potentially in the AFC. There's your I, answer. I think, I think they're going to be fine. There's your answer, Chris, is that you have a top-five quarterback, you have a top-two-or-three wide receiver, and you have a top-two-or-three Running back, of course. There's some ifs. You got to keep everyone healthy, but that's the basis, along with a pretty good offensive line overall, uh, for a team that's going to put up points each week and win double-digit games. You worried about the Steelers? I just don't think the division should be handed to them. No, and everyone. Well, has, that's fair. And not that's just fair. the division, but everyone's claiming that they're right there with the Patriots as the class of the. That NFC. does happen to Pittsburgh, and you're right. I see the Steelers as at least one level, maybe two levels below the Patriots. Hmm. Uh... Move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't love the buzzer, that's all. You guys like the buzzer? I mean, Dan, this entire segment in general is you're struggling with, so it makes sense that the sound effect has ill effects on you. You know, I love Andy Dalton, uh, and I I stuck by him for years and years. I don't have a great feeling about Andy this year. Hmm. And I I think losing uh, a lot of those weapons, and people are excited about uh, Taj Boyd. and uh, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Taj Boyd is the guy that Heath uh, Evans picked to be the Jets quarterback a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> well, and so did Rex Ryan. So, <laughs> No, he didn't. I mean, they drafted Asia. him. They cut him after like four weeks. But what I, my point is, I'm just keeping it real. Jeff. No, let's keep two more minutes on Taj Boyd. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm a little nervous that, that Andy Dalton crashes down to earth. Hmm. No tight end for at least six weeks. Who knows if Tyler Eifert's going to be the same guy when he gets back. Still got A.J. Green. This offense, which really did uh, play its part while the defense did its usual strong work. If Andy Dalton really comes down to earth, I don't think they tumble, but this could be a team that is, again, another nine-win team if Dalton regresses, and I, I got a bit of a Cecil that he does. Well, I think when you saw uh, at Clemson when Taj Boyd had DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, <laughs> and Martavis Boyd, <laughs> wow, still couldn't be more than a who the Jets quarterback? Oh, what? I thought we were this was a Taj Boyd segment. Did I did I say that again? I'm just kidding. No. Oh, okay, that was a good one. Go. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't know why we're all hand wringing about Andy Dalton. I don't. We're not, not. O- we're not over this yet. I thought I, we got past. This. I this. It's a small sample size, but. He played quite a bit against the Jaguars on Sunday night, and he looked like last year's Andy Dalton to me. You know, sometimes when players develop, they keep the lessons that were taught to him. And just because Hugh Jackson isn't in the building doesn't mean that everything that was instilled is gone. I think Andy Dalton, to me, looks like he's gotten over some of the hiccups of the Ooh, past. Ooh, a total and, about and, face. I and, like this. And this is a team, and I have them as a playoff team, that survives injuries as well as any team in the league because they've built up such a great roster. This is a team, if it was any other team, this preseason, we'd be talking about how they've been devastated with injuries. Really, six or seven key players, not just Eifert, but Eifert's main backup. Not just one second-year uh, tackle, but their top two picks from a year ago are both injured. Dark was Denard's injured. Like, and yet, when you look at who fills in for them, they always figure it out. At this point, I trust in these Bengals to at least be winning games and be a playoff type of team. Oh. And I think Dalton's made a big enough leap that he'll survive. There's, there are very few teams I trust more from September through the end of December. Hmm. Good back. I mean, when you say Pittsburgh is potentially going to get unseated, it has to be the Bengals you're talking about, not the Ravens. 
I could see the Ravens. To me, the Ravens have the widest range of outcome in the entire NFL. Greg, the Cleveland Browns. What an upset. I got the Cleveland Browns, and it's <laughs> good that I did. I got to say, and I want to throw this to the other two uh, non-Browns fans in the room just to start. For the first time in a long time, I'm excited to watch some Cleveland Browns offensive football. They're not going to be good on defense, but maybe that makes their games even more exciting that there's some high scores. I mean, especially when Josh Gordon gets back. Are you guys with me that this is going to be kind of a fun team, that RG3, maybe he's not going to be what he once was, but it'll be better? No. No? No. No, they're probably in the bottom five offenses I want to watch. I want to watch. Really? I want to watch Corey Coleman outside of that. What about Josh Gordon and Terrell Pryor, the Twin Towers on the outside? Gary Barnage, uh, Britain's finest, making one-handed catches. i got to wait a month for Josh Gordon, and Terrell Pryor, I believe, is a mirage. I don't believe he's still going to be catching 50-yard passes every week. Still fun to watch maybe when he does. Well, also, I think RG3 is going to be injured by the end of September. So, yeah, I'm I'm not really – I don't know why we insist on – and to me, it's a little condescending to Mark. Like, we have to placate him by acting like the Browns are going to be fun every year. I don't. I I never – Before last season, I said they had the worst roster in the entire NFL. Can I just say that I think part of it is – I don't think it's being condescending to Mark. I think it's – there's a bit of an NFL trope out there now that – there's an excitement about the Browns at all times because one of the big stories that, that around the NFL is when will the Browns finally get their act together, and I think the Cavs have now played into that a little bit. So anything that good happens to the Browns, even in a preseason game, gets kind of blown up now into, whoa, maybe things are finally changing, or Hugh Jackson getting hired, ooh, they finally they- got the right catch. The coach, there's a lot of optimism, maybe when they're, it's, it's a little overly optimistic around this team at times. They are changing, and the evidence of that is that they've stockpiled Herschel Walker level draft picks Hmm. over the next two years. I don't know that we need to see the Browns blow the doors off anybody on offense this year. I think if they hit on Corey Coleman and he's a difference maker, that's where your step begins and then the next two drafts. But I I think I would just preach patience. You got five fun skill position players with a good offensive coach. That's all I'm saying. Well, and you don't have five good linemen. I the, mo- the biggest concern watching the Browns in the preseason is both their lines, and but their offensive line, I, I agree with you, quarterbacks are potentially sitting duck territory back there. And how long can RG3 last? They don't have a running game for what I see. I think it's, uh, it is patience. They are committed to their plan. I don't think they're going to win picks. many games, but I'm more interested well, to watch it's a nice them. I thought change they were from boring the, and bad last year. Yeah, and under Ray Farmer, it was let's get as many five foot eight wide receivers as we can and pose <laughs> no threat through the air. So they're trying something new. I do think they have an offensive-minded coach with some pedigree for the first time since 1999. So there are the seeds of hope. I wouldn't get your hopes up for this season. Wow. Oh Does that make you happy? I don't know. I mean, it's different. It's not exactly what I'm looking for. All right, let's before we move on to the AFC South, our predictions now for the North Division. Mark. Well, I'm going to go Pittsburgh number one. I'm going to go Cincinnati a close second. Baltimore middle of the pack, third, and Cleveland a deep fourth. I guess I'm going to go against my own question here. I'm going to pick the Steelers. Well, didn't you fill out that form for NFL.com where you had to pick the divisions? Who'd you pick for that? I think the Steelers. I don't know. To me, there's no obvious favorite. I'll go Steelers slightly over the Bengals. Ravens are about a 500 team, and Browns win four games. So we're we're kind of picking this division to be the same as last year. I, I'm the exact same as you guys. I ended up going with the Steelers because I didn't want to beat the one year that I – 
I picked the Steelers every year for like ten years, so it'd be insane to not pick them one and be wrong. Uh, I go will Ravens. Go Steelers eleven and five. Bungles ten and six. Maybe a playoff spot. Ravens eight and eight. Cleveland four and twelve. But some progress. <laughs> a little more fun to watch. Immense progress. Four wins. Um, <laughs> all right. Final thoughts on the AFC North, Mark Sessler. I have no more thoughts. All right. Let's now move on to the AFC South. Mark, tell us about the Jaguars. (laughs) All right. Rough Rider. It is January 2nd in sunny Jacksonville. Is Gus Bradley in his office preparing for the AFC wildcard game, or is he 35 miles east of Texas while moving his family cross-country amid rumors that a HGH fuel Tom Coughlin is about to return to his roots and take over the Jags? I missed all of it. <laughs> Basically, is Gus Bradley the first year we took it to the limit? <laughs> is Gus Bradley preparing for a playoff game in the Jags uh, or a yeah. success, or is Tom Coughlin going to be no. the next coach? Of the- uh, okay. He will not be 59 miles to Jacksonville. He'll be in Jacksonville preparing for that playoff game. You think it's happening? I do. I think you know this. You we're going to predict at the end. I think they're going to win this division. I don't think it's going to be a Greg blowing rising. up segment. Who cares? We can just okay. why why hold back? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, wow. It's not going to be a much improved division. It's going to be more fun to watch division, but I don't think it's going to take more than nine or ten wins to win this division. And I, I do think Jacksonville is going to make good on on all this excitement. They better because I'm going to be legitimately annoyed if the Jaguars go four and twelve again. Because this has been a long a long off season of hype around the Jaguars being strong on both sides of the ball and how. Blake Bortles is new, new Ben Roethlisberger, and everything is clicking now. And Gus Bradley's a guy they should—they were right to stick by. Give me something. Do not make me deal with this. And the only great thing that came out of this offseason was Jags Lady. Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. <laughs> I disagree with almost everything Greg says. I think it's a tangibly improved division overall and I think the Jaguars will have to wait a year because Blake Bortles hasn't learned how to win yet still makes way too many mistakes with the game on the line and I think Marcus Mariota will not be making those mistakes with the game on the line I think I think they're a team that's going to have wild ups and downs there's going to be parts in the season where we all say this team looks unbelievable and parts of the season where we think it's over and that they're going in the can. They just seem like one of those topsy-turvy type of teams. But it would stun me if they their defense was so bad. I don't think people remember how bad their defense was last year. And their defensive talent now is is top 10 talent. I mean, I so give, if they're just average, the, the, the offense just needs to be a little better than average, and they'll win 9 or 10 games. I give David Caldwell, the GM, credit for if this is their last season to stick around and prove something, they went for it with the acquisitions and the free agency cash. I mean, they are going to make an attempt. If it doesn't happen, it, it is on I Gus mean, Bradley. Fowler, Ngakwe, um, you know, Malik Jackson, Jared Odrick, the everyone in the secondary, Jalen Ramsey, just it just feels like there's so many so many people and then Allen Robinson's a known commodity. I think Yeldon and Ivory are basically known commodities. Like probably the most improved roster from top to bottom in the league. That wrong answer by Wes. <laughs> We're back to that. <laughs> I am the, the weakest link. Houston Texans, Wes. <laughs> Houston Texans, I believe last year, had one of the slowest offenses in the league. And now, as we've heard Greg say, they only have two starters returning on offense. Have they gone from one of the worst offenses to one of the best offenses in the NFL? Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say no until 
you know, Dwayne Brown is back, which we don't know when that's going to be. Derek Newton, their right tackle. We don't know when he's going to be back, and I think it's going to take time. He's playing center. I think, right, and they lose their center for the season. I think in a best-case scenario, this team improves a lot down the second half, in the second half of the season, but it's bumpy early. I like that the stress was on getting faster. And that's modern NFL offenses. To me, it boils down. There's a lot of nice parts around Brock Osweiler. And he had, what, one good preseason outing and and a really uninspiring two other showings. And now the bullets start flying in in week one. I'm not sure that I trust Brock Osweiler as a 16-game starting quarterback. If he proves to be a different guy than he was for much of last season with the Broncos, then I like this offense a lot. I don't know if it's the most improved offense because I would go with – Lamar Miller is, is, a, is a big help too on the ground game. I just the, – the Texans are suddenly in a much better division, I think. Hmm. I mean, their offense, it wasn't good last year, but it wasn't one of the worst five offenses in the league. It was That was good coaching. It was worse than average. You're right, and maybe good coaching now makes what's good talent look a lot better. I've been impressed how quickly Will Fuller and Braxton Miller have stepped right in there. That's, and, a, that's and, a Rick Smith trademark in Houston that – his first, second round draft picks play mm. right off the bat. But Miller, especially a guy who's you know changed positions not too long ago, has stepped in there. He looks like a slot receiver. He looks like a good player. Yes, he does. I, I see more chemistry between Osweiler and, and Fuller than I do Osweiler and Hopkins at this point. It was Top that. Savage is real. It was. <laughs> That's true. It's a good Top point. Savage is real. By the way, NFL Network. Top <laughs> Savage is real. Rule of threes, Greg. Top five QB ratings in the preseason. This man was on. Tom Savage. Wow. Tom Savage is real. Yes, that means he's real. I am a little bit nervous about um, what West stayed with the center position in that offensive line. Is is that going to hurt my Lamar Miller breakout season now? Oh, already making A little excuse. nervous about oh that. Oh, my gosh. A little bit nervous, but I will stay strong. I still believe this is a 1,700 total yard season taken in the top three of fantasy drafts a year from now. I'm not backing down, Greg. Okay. I mean, and if J- if Jadavian Clowney breaks out like we think he can, him and Watt are the best one-two combination in the entire league. Easy question. Is Andrew Luck banged, Wes? No, and here's what I would say. It's a Greg Rosenthal staple that when everybody in the country agrees on something, everybody in the football world agrees on something, mm. it's not going to go that way. And everyone right now mm. agrees that Andrew Luck is banged. The Colts' offensive line is a mess. Their defense has no talent. In the past week since the Philadelphia Eagles turned their offensive line into a turnstile, everybody has said the Colts are banged. Their offense is terrible. And I think I would just I would appeal to uh, the Greg Rosenthal staple here. Mm. So the idea, go the other direction, because at the end of the day, there are uh, some good skill players there, great skill players, and uh, potentially all-time great quarterback. That's enough to carry the day here. Also, is the offensive line really any worse than it was two years ago when they were in the AFC Championship game? I don't know. Well, That's the thing. He had always, Luck, in his first four years or three years, had always made do with what he had around him and made these teams, not just playoff teams, but winning playoff games, Last year, I think he earned the right to kind of throw that out. Why wouldn't he go back to being the guy that just carries a mediocre team? Well, last year, he took a pounding and missed a massive chunk of the season. So how long does the body continue to sustain these shots? I mean, he's been hit as much as any quarterback in the league outside of what, Blake Bortles? I mean, it's 
how long? How what are you going to expect? Is a one man show? Well, I I think Andrew Luck could have a good season, and it could be obvious to our eyes, if not monster numbers, that he's playing really well. But I do think the defense that the Colts had for a couple of years under Pagano is better than the defense than they had now. They weren't good, but they were average. I mean, this is a team that ranked in the in the middle of the pack a couple of years ago, ninth in points allowed, 20th in yards. Last year, they were among the worst, and I think they've gotten a lot worse on paper. So this could be a defense that's in the bottom three, four defenses in the league. And then even if Andrew Luck's playing well, you might not be winning many games. I just don't like how this team is constructed. And when you have the gift of Andrew Luck, and you've had that for years at this point, and you've not improved the way the team around him is built, I, I, I don't like that. I think the other teams in the AFC South are catching up. It's tough because people are – you're right. We're watching the preseason. I'm changing my pick partly based on what's gone on this month, so I'm going along with the crowd in this case. And we're basing it on a team that was missing their top four cornerbacks. Well, tomorrow- but one of them the, – the big one, Vontae Davis, isn't coming back for a month, and even when he comes back, that's a tough injury to come back from. To Mark's point about this roster, remember the old Michael Lombardi blue player, red player? Yes. How many blues are on this roster? Andrew Luck? That's Dante Moncrief. Could be. T.Y. Hilton. Right, they're not, Dante Moncrief isn't right now. He could be, though. Could He's, be. Vontae Davis. It's, who's it's injured. It's still player heavy few, and not heavy where it matters. Well, there are very few above average starters on this roster. Right. Who's, what's the level below blue? I think it's red. Blue and red. Red chip. Red chip. That's so, better. Or that's in no, the that's middle. Lower. Blue chip, is blue the, chip is the problem. Is they don't even have any red chips. Their yeah, defense is a bunch of uh, rust-colored poop chips. <laughs> <laughs> that's the question. Is he banged? A lot of poop around him. Now the Titans. Oh, the Tennessee Titans. Be careful here. Wes's team. <laughs> no, I'm gonna just make it obvious. Is this gonna be the team of ATL? What do we think? Because uh, I'm, I'm kind right, of on board now. Let's Actually, I, I'm going to stop the clock one second here. Okay. Just haven't heard it in a while. Team. <laughs> Dick Banks. I mean, the team of West TL every year. Give me what a, a break. What a tradition. Good luck uh, with your 49ers last year. I, I, like, I like about three or four. They've, I'm convinced. I'm excited. Mariota, Sharp, especially Derrick Henry. Uh, maybe Mike Malarkey doesn't ruin this thing. Could we even vote on him right I, now? I, just impromptu. I just would make him it before the season. Let's give it a week or two. But I, I would vote for them because my philosophy with team of ATL, which has not happened up till now, and I'm fine with that to, for the most part, is that I want a weird team that could maybe be good, yeah. but maybe not be good. I don't need it to be a 15-1 juggernaut that we know is going to go to the NFC Championship. That's just not how I vote Team of ATL. So I would vote for Titans, yes, because they're weird and interesting. Much like the American flag means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, the Team of ATL means different things to different people. I always thought it meant getting ahead of the curve. As the primary thing. I just thought it'd be a team that I want to enjoy uh, rooting for. I'm closer to that. Oh, I, I am. And I'm kind of with you. I'd like a weird team. I think the defense might be bad to mediocre, though, which is a problem. I just want to make Wes happy. 
Thank you. Yeah. Wes so is I'll happy. I think this would make way, a number I, of people happy. Wes is happy I, these days. Let me just go I mean, off these points, by the way. Is off pod life. Off, it's, it's all going. The guy is dressed to the nines. Confidence is soaring, as we saw on Facebook. Body's banging. Fire. Um. So they have a bad defense, and Mike Malarkey is their coach. I, I just want to throw these things out here before we dive in with two feet uh, into wedded matrimony. Here. I don't think it's a bad defense. It's certainly not why we'd be picking them for team of ATL. Their offense is interesting and could be a time possession, clock chewing type Jags offense. Jags are another option. Ooh. They got a they feel, good quarterback. They feel a little more conventional at this point, but I think they're going to be fun to watch. You can't deny that Blake Bortles is fun to watch. I'm not going to stump for the Titans yet because at this stage of the game, it should be organic. All four of us should be agreeing that this we're so excited about the titans that we're going to do it we're not there yet i understand Mm. but we have positive signs their defense that's fine but i don't think anybody's claiming that the team of atl has to be a super bowl contender right now no whenever wes is ready we'll do it if (laughs) if they're in the mix I mean, that's, that's life it's with... It's about me. That's life with Wes. This narrative is outrageous. <laughs> this one bothers Wes. Well, I was... <laughs> His former girlfriends know it. When Wes is ready, that's, you know... That's when it happens. That's when it happens. I don't, I don't, I don't even know, know where... I don't even know what that means either. Huh. It meant nothing. What did that mean? It didn't actually make sense. Okay. All right, let's pick the division. Mark. I'm at such a loss with this division. It's so crazy. But um, I am going to. Hang in there, buddy. Uh, no, I just, I was, I've reshuffled the order like 30 times and I'm prepared to be completely wrong. Okay. But I'm going no, no, to remember. go with the Jaguars as my division winner. Okay. Uh, I don't think any of these teams have a great record. I think Titans, Texans, Colts after that. Wow. Jags. Okay. Wes. I'm going Tennessee Titans take the division. And the reason oh. why is because Marcus Mariota becomes on Andrew Luck's level as a quarterback this year, and he has better surrounding talent than Andrew Luck. Titans, Jaguars, Texans, Colts. You just made the argument that the Colts aren't banged. I said Andrew Luck's not banged. Oh. That was the question that was asked. Hmm. Okay. What kind of what kind of first-place team do you think the division is so much better? Like 10 wins, 11? Yeah, I think they're going to beat each other up. I don't think it's the record's going to be indicative of Yeah, I don't rugged. think there's any 3-13 and 13 team in this division anymore. I think – I think the Colts could finish in last with a seven and nine or eight and eight record. Yep. Um, I have Houston defending their crown at ten and six. Tennessee at nine and seven, and and yes, going in the right direction. The Jags seven and nine, and I think Indy will kind of crumble and they'll clean wow. house, go six and ten. I was on the Colts all off season. I thought that Andrew Luck will rise and just carry them in a in a lackluster division. I le- I'm letting the preseason affect me, so I'm making Jacksonville one. I'll keep the Colts at number two. I don't think they'll just fall apart. Titans third and uh, the Texans going first. So you're going to go team first of ATL to ATL with a team that is going to be in third place. So but I, I, like I think it. they'd be like a it. fun seven-win team. I, I'm fine with that. All right, let's move finally to the a- finally to the AFC West. We'll start with the Chiefs. Mark okay, Sessler. Bear with me here. No team in the league can win ten games in a row and still be seen universally as a non-Super Bowl threat by the NFL's Illuminati-esque power elite. No team except the Chiefs. Will anything change this season for Andy Reid, or will he continue to be fodder for snarky jokesters who enjoy ribbing him for his sublogical clock management and insane utility belt over red parka outfits at way too sunny Arrowhead Stadium? Can this year's version of the Chiefs honestly be anything more than a 10-6 cadre that blows up hardcore in January? Can we not debate and just have you read that over and over again for three minutes? 
That was too much. I love the description of Andy Reid and also the snark. What was it? The snark? Because it really describes people talking about Mike Malarkey. Well, in his like utility belt that he wears over a that difference giant between Mike coat. Malarkey and Andy yeah, you, Reid. By the way, you've, we been, the down with make, this you've stuff? been the one making fun of Mike Malarkey in the past. You just happen to like no, his I quarterback haven't. now. That's not true. I oh, yeah, you buried were, Mike Malarkey. Yeah, like, you were running down throwing parades for that Falcons offense. We're going to hear it from parade. Chiefs fans if I we talk Titans-Jags the whole time. Yeah, that, that 2013 you know what? Jags team. Chiefs fans, calm down. All right, so the Cliffs notes of that, Mark, are the Chiefs any better than 10 and 6? Yeah, are, are they, they just the zone? same team that they were? They won 10 games in a row. You know, They like, will be the same type of team, and that may be enough to win a strange division. I like the Chiefs. I like that they're kind of, you know, they went on a 10 or 11 game winning streak last year, won a playoff game, and nobody's talking about them. That seems like a nice place to be in. We just were talking about the other day, is Alex Smith set up to have an Alex Smith career year? That sounds like good news. Uh, I, I think they have a great coach and a great home field advantage. Yeah, the Chiefs can do it. I, I think he is. I'm a little con- – I think they are – can be better. I think this is the year where people stop being snarky and give them a little grudging respect. Start be- getting real. Before getting back to snarky next year or something. Before they start giving them some respect that, that Andy Reid has maximized this team uh, and made them look as good as he could, and especially on offense, I think they're set up for a nice season. Agree. Alex Smith career year, the best offense Andy Reid has had in Kansas City, and maybe the best offense he's had since Donovan McNabb's pr- prime. I think the Chiefs' offense will be much better. I think the defense takes a step back with Justin Houston's status up in the air. Might miss the whole season. They have to be ready for that. Yeah. They lose Sean Smith. I know Marcus Peters could become the next great NFL cornerback. He might already be there. Hmm. And if he's a superstar-level talent, that changes a lot of things. I'm yeah. with you. I think like if I don't like the way the Colts are built, I do like what has happened in Kansas City, that they've stuck to their philosophy. A lot of people aren't impressed with Alex Smith overall. The general manager. It's not just Alex Smith's team. There's a lot of other parts around him. They feel like a team to me that's going to go to the AFC Championship potentially as a ceiling you know, destination and lose. Yeah. Which is which is a step forward, by the way. That's not a slight on the Chiefs. And sp- I think Spencer Ware's a guy you really need to be taking in drafts. I thought that last week. Now I really think it now that Charles doesn't look great. I, he He's a heck of a running back. And their defensive line is as underrated as any group in the uh, league, especially with your boy Chris Jones. San Diego Chargers, Chris Wessling. Uh, <laughs> I have to come up with a question here, huh? Okay. <laughs> That's the exercise. Joey Bosa joins a defense that already has Denzel Perriman in a secondary which Jason Verrett does not get nearly enough publicity as a young up-and-coming cornerback who is shadowing number one receivers. Former making the leap. With those three guys at each level of the defense, is this now the second-best defense in the AFC West behind the Broncos? Because the Chiefs were one of the best defenses in the NFL last year. The Raiders have some intriguing talent, but this, I really like this, this Chargers team. This is a big drop-off from Denver, though, right? They're a good defense, but not a great defense? That's or? up to you to decide. I think. But they, you think they have great potential? I do think they have much better potential than, than most people believe. I think John Pagano has slid by with some mediocre to disappointing seasons as their defensive coordinator without getting a, a lot of attention, but I generally kind of like what he does. He's very creative, and I... I'm with you. I, I think the talent level is there to be the second. I think they're the second most talented defense in the division. I think it's it's one of the hardest divisions in football to be the second best defensive team unless you are very, very good on defense. And I would put them more third up and coming because the Chiefs and Bron- – I don't see the Broncos taking a step back on defense despite some of the losses. The Chiefs, to me, 
Justin Houston aside, have parts at every level. And let's not forget about the Raiders. The Raiders' secondary is improved. They have players at every level, too. So it's I don't think that's an automatic second. I'd go lower. They were so banged up last year on the offensive line. They have good continuity. I don't think they're terrible players on the offensive line. And now you've got Keenan Allen back. Travis Benjamin looks good. I like this guy. Ty- Tyrell Williams looks pretty good in the preseason as their third uh, receiver. Maybe they won't miss Stevie Johnson. You got Melvin Gordon, and you have the Phillip Rivers Hey, it's I. I need to make a run for the Super Bowl run that Tony Romo is not going to apparently oh, have this year. It's Philip Rivers th- now. Philip Rivers was going to have more children so he could raise an offensive line. <laughs> but that, that would be good too. <laughs> that would be awesome, like a sixty-seven-year-old Philip Rivers with a bunch of twenty-seven-year-old sons. <laughs> oh, what Rivers a story that would be! What I'd, an amazing I'd for them football story that would be. They would have to call that offensive line the moat. <laughs> <laughs> Rivers, I like that. See, I get him. <laughs> I get him. Uh, anything else on the Chargers, man? Well, let's move on. We can do whatever we want in this world. You know what I'm saying? And let me say this. This is going to be kind of a straw man for you, Wes, because I know how you feel about this. But I'll set it up, and you can knock it down. <laughs> couldn't close. John Elway couldn't close with Brock Osweiler. He got away. All right, maybe he didn't want to pay him. That's fine. So then he targeted a, a, a veteran to hold the fort. Targeted the wrong guy. Mark Sanchez did not work out at all to the point where he might not even make the team. Drafted a guy in Paxton Lynch. We'll see how that plays out, but not a guy that's going to be ready, at least not right now. And now a defending Super Bowl champion is being piloted by Trevor Simeon, and everybody's talking themselves into this guy now, but there's a good chance he's a disaster. So I ask you this. Does John Elway deserve some grief for uh, defending an NFL title with this type of situation at quarterback? If you're asking me, no, he deserves no grief whatsoever, and I don't have any issue with anything he did. Peyton Manning could not play football anymore. I don't think that John Elway should have enticed him back. No, I didn't say that. That shouldn't have. Well, let's start. Well, you have to cover all these angles. Brock Osweiler, I don't think, is worth nearly the amount of money that Houston paid him, and I don't think it's unrealistic to believe that Trevor Simeon can have a better year than Brock Osweiler will Mm. this year. So I I have no issue with anything John Elway did. I'm in lockstep with Wes because I think the amount of money they would have invested in Brock Osweiler and what you're going to get from Trevor Simeon, he is going to look great, John Elway, down the road. Pay what you pay Brock Osweiler. Your defense isn't as good. Can we at least, can we at least, in fairness, state that it's not like John always said, "Okay, Brock, see you later." He was willing to make him a very well played quarterback. To pay him yes. sixteen, not seventeen. Well, part of it was part of that has to be a little bit of public public relations too. And also, he planned what? for the future. You can't just not offer your starting quarterback any money. Yeah, I can if you don't if you don't value. I mean, he him. made aggressive offers, and I think they were ultimately a little surprised that Brock Osweiler left. I mean, they kept raising their offers, and Osweiler got the best deal that he could. I think it remains to be seen. I mean, that's a corny answer. Maybe this goes back further, criticism. and and the maybe some bad blood. Do you th- do you think Broncos the Broncos win the Super Bowl with Brock Osweiler last year? No. No. Okay. And they don't. They definitely don't do it. If it wasn't John Elway, the only person in the NFL that Peyton Manning trusted enough to go to Denver and join him there. No but that's t- ancient history Yeah, now. but that's John Elway. They, they won a Super Bowl, and they built that. that team because that John, Peyton Manning attracts Look, talent. That was great. That was Elway hey. uh, at his best. What as would a you have officer. had John Elway do this year? Maybe pony up the extra million or so and, and or whatever it took to get Brock Osweiler. But he knows well, what Brock Osweiler. better than him? 
to but we're going to now say that the seventh round pick is a guy we can count on just because it's the only guy left that he can. But maybe for to. four why weeks until pay, until Paxton Lynch, the first round pick, I'm just is ready. Saying, to me, no, it's, I think if, I, for it. if their defense is as good as it was, especially late last year, then none of it matters. That that's what they really need to not be worried about. But like, it's tough to have a defense be the best defense in the league and then do it again and be that dominant. Doesn't mean they're going to be a bad defense. They could be the sixth best defense in the league, but that's not going to work. I don't think with Trevor Simeon, you need it to be an epic, historical type defense. I think if your position is John Elway should have handled this much differently, I think you have to come up with a viable alternative. And I don't think that paying Brock Osweiler a lot of money just because he was the guy that was there, but he automatically means that that was the best decision to make. I'm just saying he did offer him a lot of money in a vacuum of no other options. Yes, you're right. What a topic! I love it. All right, you're up. <laughs> My Raiders question. Is that even a humble break? The Durs. The Durs. <laughs> the DRS. That reminds me uh, of Workaholics. <laughs> Still on the air. But I love that show. Yeah. Is it me or did the uh, the Raiders buzz? Did all the excitement about the Raiders? Did, were, was everyone too quick with that? I feel like it's dissipated. It has dissipated. Maybe it's just the off season's too long. Are you as excited about the Raiders as you were maybe three or four months ago? No, I don't think I am, and it's through no fault of their own. Like you said, I think it's just the off season's too long. <laughs> there's we ran out of reasons to be excited about them. We've already used them up. I, I'm naturally more excited about the Titans, so that's where my energy has gone. But there's no reason not to be excited about the Raiders. They have a much deeper roster than most of the AFC teams have. I I think that the excitement is legit in the fact that Reggie McKenzie, you know looked like he was building a tire fire for a couple years there, and they've hit on draft picks. They have a young quarterback. They've got a great wide receiver in Amari Cooper. Their defense is starting to get stacked. Yes, I think there is reason for excitement, but they're also part of it is situations and time and time period, and they're in a tough, tough division. Yeah. I don't think it's any assumption that they're this automatic wild card team. They're going to have to go out and win games that no one in that organization has shown they can win in the last Ten years. How high do we think uh, Derek Carr's ceiling is? See, like this, a, this year. To me, that's their big question. I don't know what the answer I is. Think I think we'll find out. That's one of the reasons why maybe the excitement has dissipated a little bit. Do you believe Derek Carr is the same as a Marcus Mariota? And I don't. No, I don't. I mean, I thought I still thought between him, Bridgewater, and Carr uh, in Bortles – to me, Bortles was the guy that I, I thought was ahead of the other two, and I thought Bridgewater's right. Like I, I don't know. I need to. I feel like I need to see more will, from Derek Carr, especially after the second half of in, last season. Okay, maybe he wasn't as good in the second half, but Raiders fans screaming at their radios or phone or whatever are saying, "Well, last year you guys completely counted out Derek Carr, and, and yep. so we're not counting a, him out." A, a weak point on that team, he really did improve Absolutely. a significant we're, amount. We're not suggesting anything to the contrary. We're not counting him out. I think we want to see that he's going to be that guy who is an asset for you instead of a guy who is sometimes good in second half of the last year. Is he going to be, is he going to be Matt Ryan or Jake, or, you know, somewhere between Matt Ryan and Jake Cutler, or is he going to be a potential top five type of quarterback? Two other teams in this Matt division Ryan, would take good. two other teams in this division would take Derek Carr over the current quarterbacks. No questions asked. You can take Trevor Simeon over Derek Carr. Oh yeah. The Broncos are one. Who's the other one? 
I don't think the Chiefs would take him. No way. I, I, would take I don't think there's any way Andy Reid's taking Derek Carr over okay, Alex Okay, maybe Andy Reid isn't, but if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'll take Derek Carr over Alex Smith. Do you want to win this year or down the road? Because I, I think, think Alex Smith gives you a better chance to win right, this that, year. I mean, I think that's Carr. a good question. I, Who listen, do we think is going to be better this year, Alex Smith or Derek Carr? I feel better about Alex Smith. So do I. Part of that has to do with the, the, the period of growth that whole team's had together. That you're, yep. you're talking about two different players in two different systems. We talk about the Chiefs, but Derek Carr to me is not the issue on the Raiders. No. All right, time to pick the division. Quiet storm. I, Go on us. Well, I talked about the Chiefs as going to the AFC Championship. I think they have a good chance for that. You pick them not to make the playoffs then. No, I picked them. <laughs> Throw people off. Pick them to the AFC yeah. Championship. I think they go to the AFC Championship. I go Chiefs number one. Broncos a very tight second. Um, Raiders third. Chargers fourth. Great division. I've really changed my mind on the Chiefs in the last few weeks. <laughs> I'm going to have them winning the division. Raiders second, wow. Broncos third, Chargers fourth. Again, very tough to pick between one and four. Yeah. Uh, Wes and I are in lockstep. I got KC at ten and six. Wow. Oakland at nine and seven. Denver falling to eight and eight. I think their defense will be great, but you don't often see a historic defense then followed up with an equally historic season, and that's how good they have to be. So I think it's going to hurt them when their offense struggles. And San Diego won't be a joke, but they'll go seven and nine. I think. Wow. In that range. So the Chiefs. We love the Chiefs. I have Which the, is unusual for us. I have the Chiefs winning the division, too. I have the Chargers not only making the playoffs, hmm. but then as a scrappy six seed in the playoffs, winning a couple of road games with Phillip Rivers. This to, is what you want to happen. Yeah, like a couple yeah. Years Well, ago. why not? Because we have no idea what's going to happen, so you might as well pick what you want to happen. You want, he's he's got gambling. Oh. Now you started going with your heart. He, uh, this he, is Throne of Sleeve stuff because he wants the Chargers to shock a couple people then he goes and then to go Fox to New England up. and lose 41-20 to 20 in the AFC title. Low, I want it to be a good game. That is low. Oh, like, low. pretty low. Like I would dare pick against the Patriots. What's the point? But you want they to have know. a chance. No, Trying to set up a patsy for your – They're patsy. going to the playoffs. Again. And the Broncos go from the Super Bowl to uh, – Cellar? The seller. Oh, this is wow. like his hatred of the New York Giants because they <laughs> dared to be. This is the best division in football. <laughs> Two people think, in this room not getting John Elway Christmas cards. <laughs> I think this is the best division in football. It wouldn't surprise me if the entire division is 500 or. Above. This one's not for Greg. It's or gonna. Dan. <laughs> you can only speak that. That's the only sentence he says now. I mean, He's just like I can't follow that wait, up. Wasn't it Pat Bullen who said it, not John Elway? Uh, no, but this was the stick. Yeah. The stick six months ago it was, was Bowen, that but John right. Elway was going to do this speech. At no, the he was going to grab the the, well, the John the Elway said it about Pat. This one's also for John. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's telling that six months later we've forgotten our own bits from February. It's alarming. There might be a carbon monoxide leak here. And and the Broncos fans should be upset. Uh, only Mark Sessler picked them to win the. The Super Bowl last year, Wesseling thought I didn't even believe my own take that the Broncos could potentially beat the Patriots in the <laughs> AFC Championship. I remember that. Maybe they should we, be happy with their Lombardi trophy and not true. care what uh, I did to predict, predict their fortunes. That's it. We did it. 42 minutes, exactly. That's pretty good. It is. It's the only thing we've ever finished on time. <laughs> Celebrate. You got to lose that thing. <laughs> I have asthma and it's making me really upset. <laughs> But, it, 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 you know, it's a celebration. It's like a – it's really struggling to breathe, whatever they're doing there. It's not a happy celebration. Dan, you've got an 11 and three-quarter month window before we need to do divisional previews again. Are well, we're you not now gonna... riding high? 
It's how you felt when the fantasy week wrapped. Oh, I am I a new person. I'm just yeah. going to do whatever I want at this well, point. Well, the difference is we're bringing back fantasy week ne- next year. Well, people seem to like this. The division previews are going to be gone for another year. That was kind of fun. But, see, we did the majority of the AFC. If this went to four teams, I would have passed out about 20 minutes ago. That's a lot of teams to cover. <laughs> 12 was okay. Four plus four plus four. 12. That would be okay. This is your least 16. favorite thing to do on the podcast. You know, I love talking football with you boys, but uh, that one's a little overly structured. That's all. <laughs> well, we keep, it's on us to come up with a better. Listen, we got a whole year to think about it. As we undermine what we just did for 42 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the tape is still running on the show somehow. <laughs> Listeners like, if they're not invested, why should I be? Stop. <laughs> Goes and shoots baskets outside. CBSSports.com. <laughs> all right. That's it for um, today's edition of. That's it for the last Around the NFL podcast you ever listened to. Thank you. Thank you for listening all these years. Uh, it's been a great run together. Go shoot your baskets. Uh, Tell your friends. Your leave a comment on iTunes. Go shoot your you baskets. Uh, we will be back um, Thursday. We'll be back uh, Thursday this week for our third show of the week. Uh, so make sure you come on back. Just kidding. Uh, please come back. We need you. It's all we have. Uh, until then, this is Dan Hansis <laughs> signing off. It's pretty close. For the quiet storm, <laughs> the mailman, the boss, and the beautiful lassie behind the glass. Till Thursday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.